This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, cloudy skies, high near 34. Tonight, cloudy with a low around 24. Tuesday will be mostly cloudy and a high near 37. The investigation continues into the death of a man whose body was discovered inside a burning home in Binghamton. Firefighters discover the body as they work to extinguish a blaze in the house at 2 Pleasant Street on the city's north side on January 15th. The man's body was found in a first floor bedroom near the front of the house. Police fire investigators have not revealed a likely cause of the fire. Detective Captain Maury Miner told WNBF News Friday afternoon that there was no indication of any criminal activity in connection with the fire. Police are awaiting the results of further testing to make a positive identification of the man who died. Property records indicate the owners of the fire-damaged house live in Florida. The place had been boarded up before the blaze and no one was authorized to be inside. Mayor Jared Cram said the city faces challenges dealing with properties following fires. He said typically, if a house is deemed to be 50% or more damaged, it must be demolished. Speaking on WNBF's radio's Binghamton Now program, Graham said there offers uh, there often is no insurance policy on fire-damaged buildings that would cover the cost of tearing them down. On January 27th, according to the Broome County Sheriff's Office, at approximately 6 a.m., a tractor-trailer hauling lumber tipped over on the I-81 southbound on-ramp at exit 6 in the town of Shenango. No injuries were reported at the time. The ramp was closed for several hours while cleanup crews cleared the roadway. On January 28th, around 1.39 p.m., New York State Police and Horse Heads responded to a capsized kayaker on Sealy Creek Road, Sealy Creek in the town of Southport. A 44-year-old male was kayaking with two other individuals when his kayak capsized. The male was eventually removed from the water and transported by ambulance to the Arnott Ogden Medical Center in Elmira, where he was pronounced deceased. The two other individuals were able to make it to shore safely. Equipment and furnishings have been removed from an old Binghamton A&W restaurant that is being converted into a marijuana retail store at 439 Court Street on the east side. New York State cannabis control officials decided the site would be appropriate for the new weed shop. Although it's located in a district zone for a cannabis retail business, some people who live nearby oppose the project. Customers of the marijuana store will be able to use a drive-through lane to obtain their purchases at a pickup window on the back of the building. Despite the objections of some city residents, the Binghamton Planning Commission last month approved a special use permit to clear the way for the shop. Workers recently removed items that remained in the closed restaurant building. Construction work at the site will start soon. Most of the project will involve remodeling to the interior of the former restaurant, although there will be a few exterior modifications. It's expected that the work will be completed within three months. 
The U.S. Justice Department has reached a settlement with the state of New York to resolve a sexual harassment investigation of former Governor Andrew Cuomo. The agreement reached Friday confirms allegations from the misconduct probe that led to the Democrats' resignation and details changes made after Cuomo left office. It also includes more steps the state will take. Cuomo left office in 2021 after a report by Attorney General Letitia James concluded he sexually harassed at least 11 women. The Justice Department said Cuomo subjected at least 13 state employees to a sexually hostile work environment. Cuomo has denied wrongdoing. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro's administration says he plans next month to propose an overhaul of a state higher education system that's among the worst in the nation in affordability. The administration didn't release many specifics on Friday and says the Democratic governor will give more details in his February 6th budget address. The administration says Shapiro will propose significant aid for state-owned universities, community colleges, and their students. It says the schools should be united under a governance that system that improves coordination and limits competition and duplication. After that, Shapiro wants to cut tuition and fees to no more than $1,000 a semester for lower-income Pennsylvania students at state-owned universities. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now for Monday, January 29th, 2024. And welcome to the program as we start a new week of information and conversation. We're here for you, of course, every weekday morning from 9 to noon. Seems fairly simple and straightforward enough. Of course, we have uh, a telephone and a microphone. It's essentially all we need. It's essentially all I can afford. So uh, let's proceed as we launch another week of uh, news coverage just out actually at the scene of a story we've been following for a while get an update on a few things we're here to cover the good and the bad and everything in between so if there are uh, some fun stories today and maybe there will be we may uh, report them on air, also on WNBF.com. And, of course, if there are some less-than-fun stories, we still will cover them responsibly, factually, 
and give you the timely information that you deserve. That's my commitment. Do it to the best of my ability. Hope you had a good weekend. Why don't you start things off uh, by talking about your weekend? I know the uh, stick to the issues crowd doesn't really want to hear about your weekend, but I do. So if you did anything of interest since noon on Friday, between noon on Friday and 6 o'clock this morning, why not tell me about it? Tell me about the highlights of your weekend around here in the Binghamton area. As far as the stick to the issues crowd, well, you can tune in a little bit later after we talk about our weekend. As far as my weekend, I really don't have much to report. Nothing exceptional. No football games. I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the bills are out of it. I'm afraid I've lost whatever interest I had in the process. So, the uh, you know, good good luck to the NFL with uh, whatever amounts of money they want to make with their whatever they think they're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. I'm sure they'll be raking in billions of dollars as always, as they should. It's the story of America, uh, basically. Highlight of my weekend. In fact, I put it on Twitter. <laughs> a one-minute highlight at about 3.30 Sunday afternoon. And here it is. You can't fully appreciate it because it's video, but you can hear the sound. This is the highlight of my weekend. There you go. Wet snowflakes falling. And as I put on Twitter, slow news day? Yes. Yes, it is. It's 9-13, WNBF. Let's go to the phone. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Bob. It's Bonnie from Shenango Forks. Listen, uh, NFL, the game, the first game yesterday was a great game, the championship game. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, Bob. No, I didn't. I I was looking out the window and watching the snow. Tell me about the first game. Oh, it was a great game. They ended up, it was only a one-point difference in the game. Um, it It was just a great game. Like a great game. Was Beyonce there? Was Beyonce at the game with her boyfriend? I don't know, but Taylor Mm -hmm. Swift was there. Listen, they played in Baltimore, Maryland, and I used to live there in Salisbury years and years ago. But the field was, and the stadium was great, and it was great weather um, in the 40s, you know, Mm -hmm. but cleared out. Everything was nice. And just a great, great game on on both both teams. I mean, it was such a close game. It was like just outstanding. they ended up getting an interception, the Ravens, and then they, they ended up taking the extra point on that. So I just wanted to say, great game. And the second game, pretty good, too, but not as good as the first game. I, I think the Ravens are going to take it. But anyway, the 49ers won the second game. So we'll see what so, happens. It's Bowl 30, or 57. Yeah, and so what is your, what's your prediction for the big game? I think it's going to be the Ravens. I think the Ravens will take it. Mm. Um and that's going to be on February 11th on Sunday, and they're playing in Nevada. Yeah. So, looking yeah. forward to that. And anyway, we had the snow there Saturday. A lot of, kind of a lot of snow, heavy, wet snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, wasn't, wasn't that big an inconvenience for most people, but, you know, it's, 
It's January, so we have to expect some of appreciate. We've really, yeah, we've really been privileged so far about mm-hmm. this winter. You know who I miss? I used to watch the NFL a lot when they had Brent Mushberger and uh, John Howard Cosell. I mean, remember Howard Cosell? Yes, I and, do. And Brent Mushberger. They, um, yeah. I mean, uh, Brent was on CBS. Yeah. I think he always said, didn't he always say, this is the NFL on CBS. Yes, that was his did. trademark. <laughs> and then Howard Cosell, I will not yeah. I will not he's try to too. imitate Howard Cosell. Yeah, he's great. I like him, too. Good guys. But anyway, for all the NFL fans, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. All right. Um, and we're looking forward to that. Anyway, I, I love football. I always love football. I always right. encourage the sports for everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, okay. thanks for checking in. Yep. 9-15. WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. There you have uh, the view of one football fan. I'm sure there are many other football fans out there who may have their own thoughts. So what did you think about the games? Again, full disclosure, I did not watch the games yesterday. I, uh, I'm still, still getting over the, uh, <laughs> the way the Bills snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And I still think... I'm not bitter. As I've stipulated before, it doesn't change my life. Uh, One iota, whether the Bills are in the Super Bowl or not, except it just makes people around here happier. So that's, that's essentially why I was cheering for the Bills. I wanted people around here to be happy and to have something to look forward to in the Super Bowl. So... Ah, well. Ah, well. 607-772-1290. This is Wednesday. (laughs) There, I did it. Yeah, you're right. This is Wednesday. Gee, where did the week go? Time flies when we're having radio. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. It ain't paradise. Put up a parking lot. 920 WNBF and WNBF.com with Bob Joseph. Yeah, I was just at one of those places. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. They basically took an old office building and then knocked it down and put in a new parking lot and a new convenience store. I was just up at the uh, Burn Dairy store on Front Street in the town of Shenango, and it was really the first time, I think, that I've had a chance to spend a couple of minutes just looking over the place. Obviously, the store has been open now for several months, but I couldn't help but remember 
that day in September 2022, when I showed up one morning to tell the people who were reporting to work at a State Farm insurance office the good news that they uh, they would have to be moving. Nobody, apparently nobody sent the memo yet to them. So we were reporting a story there in 2022, it's late summer of 2022, that Vern Derry had acquired the site and was preparing to knock down their office building. There's an insurance office and there might have been one or two other businesses. Not sure if people were living up on the second floor. Anyway, I'm looking at the pictures from that day, what existed there. It's next to the Sonic on Front Street. I remember probably about 8.30 in the morning, people were filtering in, or, or at least one person was. She was reporting to the insurance office. And we said, hey, do you know what's going to be happening here? And she didn't know. So I told her, well, by this time next year, there'll be a convenience store here. And there was. There was. So, uh, but I was just taking a closer look at that site now that the place has been open for a few months. So it's interesting. Transformations. That's one of the things we cover around here. Transformations uh, around the Triple Cities. It seems like something is always, always happening around here. And some good, some bad. One of the uh, things now being transformed, and depending on your perspective, you may think it's good, or if you live next door, you may think it's bad. But the A&W restaurant, the ill-fated A&W restaurant on Upper Court Street, 439 Upper Court Street on the east side of Binghamton, that is now being pro um, converted into uh, a drive-up marijuana shack. So for those who are on the go, don't have time to get out of their car or their pickup truck, when they need to acquire their weed, no longer, no longer will you have to deal with um, criminals. You'll be able to get your state-sanctioned marijuana carefully packaged, even with an expiration date. I think, I don't know if every package, I, I know from checking at the weed store here in Mr. Joseph's neighborhood in downtown Binghamton, I saw uh, some of the packages, they even tell you how to use it, which is good for, I guess, beginners. So if you don't know how to use marijuana and you buy some at these state-licensed retailers, packages have all sorts of information. You know who made it? Uh, I think percentage of TH. C, I believe they also are required to have expiration dates. So you know, say if you buy your weed today, you have to use it by a certain date or I guess you're supposed to turn it into the weed recycling centers. That'll be the next thing we hear every fall. Weed recycling day. Bring your 
old weed so we can recycle it. It's 925 WNBF. Anyway, if you want to see uh, what's going on at the old A&W restaurant on Court Street, take a look at our website, WNBF.com. We stopped by and uh, took a look inside. So the drive-up window, it's nice. Drive-up convenience. We don't know who will be operating that weed shack. It uh, will be up to the state. The company that's doing the work, the construction work, is called AOW Construction from Albany. And the guy who's overseeing the Binghamton project told us that uh, the construction work should be completed within three months. And then it'll be up to New York State to determine who will be operating the new marijuana retail outlet on Front Street. Correction, Upper Court Street. So, if you're in the if you're in the neighborhood, you might want to uh, watch as they transform. <laughs> oh, somebody says, oh, and then get carjacked right after you leave the drive-up marijuana store. Oh, please. What do you think this is? Syracuse, Rochester, Chicago. This is Parlor City, my friends. There are no carjackings publicly reported here. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Oh, this is Earl from Coconut Center. Uh, Bob, how are you doing this morning? I am well. Good morning. Well, Bob, that, that the first caller there, I don't know what game she was watching, but Baltimore lost. Kansas City won 17-7, to you know? Oh, really? Kansas City won? Uh, yeah, Kansas City won. And then hmm. Detroit was uh, had them, had uh, a San Fran down like 31-7, and they blew that uh, game and ended up losing by a touchdown or a Yeah, I heard that. I, I did hear, I was driving into work today, and I, I think I heard the sports report with Don Morgan. That part I heard. Yeah, so I, I don't know what, I, what channel they were getting out there in the ports. You know what I'm saying? Well, well you never know. Maybe they don't get the Spectrum cable. Maybe they have some kind yeah, yeah. of uh, uh, cheaper cable that, you know, brings yeah, in, brings in you know, provides fake NFL games. Right. I, I, I was surprised nobody called in. I was waiting, waiting for somebody to call in. Nobody's calling. Uh, I don't know. He must have did something to somebody, Bob. They're not calling. <laughs> well, you know? <laughs> you know, a lot of, I, I will say, a lot of more, our more sensitive viewers have been chastened, so they're, they're afraid oh, yeah. to, uh, they're afraid to call in even, even to, uh, correct the record. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad you yeah. called in. Yeah. Bob, last week you were talking, I think, about books. You know, I've read a few books in my life, not a lot, but, uh, Good Reading is, is a book, the name of it is In the Belly of the Beast, and it's by Jack Henry Abbott. And he's a guy that wrote a book uh, uh, while he was in prison, and it became a, a published. And Norman Mailer uh, 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 fought to get the guy out of prison, and he succeeded. Unfortunately, the guy was only out of prison like maybe a year or so. He was somewhere in the... New York, and he had to relieve himself, and he went in the alley, and somebody came out and yelled at him, and he killed the person, so he ended up back. But oh, really? I see. Uh, you yep. never heard about I've heard of, book, I've right? heard the book, but I haven't read it. I, I'm looking. Book. He, uh, Jack Henry Abbott, was only 58 when he died, 
Um, yeah, probably. I don't know exactly. Well, according according to this, and sadly, I won't go into specifics, but apparently he died due to suicide in, in prison. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. His whole life was rough, you know, from foster homes and this and that. And, I mean, he had some quotes in there. He says, when I was a boy... Ten years old, they were treating me like a man. When I became a man in prison, thirty years old, they're treating me like a boy. I mean, it has a. It's a very good book for anybody that wants to read it, Bob. And now I'll, uh, I'll let you go. All right, thank you. Thanks for correcting the NFL record. The commissioner no thanks problem. you. Okay, bye bye. It's nine twenty nine at News Radio WNBF WNBF dot com. <laughs> the commissioner thanks you. You know what? The commissioner doesn't care about anything, except for his paycheck. The commissioner. <laughs> the commissioner. What does he care? Let me just check now that I mentioned the commissioner. <laughs> what is the commissioner making now? Roger Goodell. Okay, this is astonishing. I knew he made a lot of money, and he probably should because... The NFL Corporation is certainly a lucrative corporation. So this is what was reported by the Sun, the not the regular Sun, the U.S. Sun. And they reported last October, their headline, Raking It In, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell's Astonishing Salary Revealed. He's made more than double any player in history. <laughs> uh, I won't even tell you. What an outrage. But, again, he's the commissioner, so... Of course he's gonna... No wonder. No wonder he always looks so sharp and well-dressed. He can afford very expensive suits and very expensive footwear. Uh, it's 9.31 WNBFI. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob's Gary on the west side. Hi. Hi, I'd like to, if I may, uh, talk about maybe a solution to the border crisis. So let me uh, explain, and you can tell me uh, what you think about it. So a lot of the people coming in, you know, they're looking for asylum, quote-unquote, but they're really not looking for asylum. A lot of people are coming in illegally to get jobs, and they can't work legally uh, because they're not citizens, so they work illegally at lower-paying jobs, and that's why they're coming into the United States. Now, right now, if you're an employer and you hire these people, you ask for some type of identification, and, you know, if they give you a Social Security card, they're all faked and stuff like that. So the proposal could be that we get people identification, all people, people who live in cities that don't have driver's license that are poor. If we give them uh, identification, you know, then we know who they are. They can vote, do all of that. So when you come in, if you get well, the recommendation was that everybody gets identified. And this way, when you're doing the hiring process, you would have an identification with a picture on it. Some people had said that, uh, what's when you cross the border, Bob? What do they call that? 
uh, that type of pass when you get over there. The, I don't uh, know what they call it. I don't know. I've anytime I cross the border, the guy is always looking at me suspiciously. Yeah, but there's some type of uh, identification that you have. I can't think of it right now. But if, oh, your if passport. Your passport, right? Yeah. Give everybody passport identification free. This way they have identification. So when you are applying for a job, you have to show some this identification. Okay? Right now, if you hire someone illegally and get caught, they just say, well, I had identification, but I don't know who these people are because there's no pictures on them. So if you have identification with pictures and you get caught, well, now you can go to prison for hiring these people. Does that make any sense? Yeah, well, I think it makes sense, but it's not happening this year because Donald Trump doesn't want it resolved. So sorry. Well, it might because Robert F. Kennedy Jr. would like that resolved. Oh, okay. Well, if RFK Jr. wants it resolved, okay, (laughs) then it'll happen. But it's only going to happen if RFK Jr. calls in sometime this week. The clock is ticking. Have you ever tried to get him on? No. He's going on all of these. No, no, but my, my surrogate, James from Endwell, is working at it. He, uh, he told me he contacted the campaign last week. And he got a, a response, so I wouldn't be surprised when we least expect it. That's how that's how it happened when, when Donald Trump called in 10 years ago. He called in, or his office called at 10.03 in the morning, right before the local news. And Kathy said, hey, it's Donald Trump's office. Do you want to talk to him? And I said, I had to pause, of course. Hmm. Hmm. No, we could talk about the new book sale at the library. Or, okay, we'll put the book sale at the Court Street Library. We'll put that on hold, and we'll talk to Donald Trump if he wants to call in from his golf course in Florida and let us know how warm it is. So that's that's how we wound up with Trump on the air. So RFK Jr., who knows? I could get a call during the 10 o'clock news right now. Hi, this is RFK Jr.'s secretary. Would you like to speak with Mr. Kennedy? And I would say, absolutely. Well, I think it would be good. But All right. back to the back to the people coming over illegally. If they if they have identification, they can't get jobs. If people know that they can't get jobs coming into the United States, they'll stop coming here. All right. I think I think you're on to something. I appreciate that. Hopefully our congressional leaders are tuned in right now and representatives of uh, the White House are also listening. I think it's a good idea. I think I think that could work. Coming up next A very special segment. A very, very special segment. You'll hear it live only on News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. To be. News Radio playing the very best music. <laughs> that's a great song. Isn't it, though? Do you know what album that's on? Band on the Run. That's on Band on the Run. Yeah. I have that on vinyl. I have that on vinyl, too. 
I, I really enjoyed that album. It was a great yeah. album. Yeah. And, and Denny Lane just died last year. I know. I know. But, man, what a what a well-produced collection of songs. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Well, as people familiar with this operation know, you're listening to the voice of Eric Donaldson, who is back. I back. am back. And... Um, some people say <laughs> these occasional appearances are part of a long-term strategy to yeah. become the new host of the program. No, no, I've told you before. I, I, I can talk, but I could never do what you do. Well, that's for sure. Well, yeah, what, one day you'll maybe one day you'll have an opportunity to fill in for an hour. We've talked before that you've had broadcast experience back in, back the, in the day. Time. Yes, low these many many years ago. So all I have to do is give you an overview of the board the uh yeah our yeah, that's it. semi uh, you know live assist when when you were working uh at a radio station yep, a college yep. radio station they didn't have all these screens oh and, my goodness no and live assist we played and, real 45s yep. yep i remember that we had a, a version of american pie and it had, you had to flip it over in the middle of the song yeah. because it had the first half of the song on one side and the other half of the song on the other side. Yeah. So part, part one and two. There's part another piece two. of vinyl I still have uh, somewhere have in a box. That. Yeah, Don McLean. Before I had enough money to scrape together to buy the album, that's right. I went to Woody's Record Shop on Washington yeah. Avenue yeah. and paid exactly right. Paid Woody himself. Oh, I, I paid goodness. him, you know, 79 cents for my, it was probably 1971 or whatever, and Ugh. got my 45 of American Pie, and yes, yeah. after four and a half minutes, you hear it fade and go, oh, I wonder how the song ends. <laughs> well, I'll flip it over to find We out. had a guy at the stations I worked at in Meadville, and he would play an ID right in the middle of the song, and that's how he would cover the flip of the, uh, of, of the 45. <laughs> he would hit a station ID well, and flip it over and keep the song going. A, a <laughs> wise move. A wise move. Well, Eric, you're here to talk about our uh, next job fair, which is actually coming up in, believe it or not, just over 24 just hours. Just over 24 hours. Yeah, tomorrow, uh, January 30th. Uh, again, we'll be over at the uh, Binghamton Farmer's Market uh, building over there on Upper Front Street, which is really a wonderful building uh, for these job fairs that we do. And uh, this time we've got nine businesses that will be in our job fair. So let me just rattle down through these real quickly. Uh, Amrex Chemical will be on hand. They are looking for CDLA drivers and CDLB drivers, along with day shift warehouse workers and an office assistant. Uh, Frito-Lay is going to be there. They are in need of forklift operators, packaging machine operators, warehouse associates, Processing operators, warehouse packers, route sales representatives, delivery merchandisers, delivery specialists. I don't know what the difference is between a delivery merchandiser and a delivery specialist. Uh, maintenance mechanics and warehouse handlers. Uh, Good Shepherd Communities will be on hand. They need a director of facilities management, a dietary server, they need housekeepers. Uh, they have a need for CNA trainees and resident assistants. They have home health aid needs, uh, assistant cooks and cooks, unit secretaries, director of purchasing, an activities aid, an LPN, sales and marketing people, security guards, dining services, wait staff and speech language pathologists and RNs. 
the Guthrie Clinic has a whole list of uh, things, and I'm not going to try to go through their entire list, but they have in administrative openings. They have in openings in their allied health uh, divisions. They have professional opportunities, including management and human resources and accounting. They have service careers, including maintenance, environmental service aides, food service, security, and transporters. And this, they really, they just announced this last week. Guthrie has just announced a new limited time sign-on bonus for select nursing positions at Lord's Hospital uh, with a sign-on bonus of up to $50,000. So, uh, you know, it's for anybody in that industry, in that field, it's definitely worth finding out what those opportunities are like. Um, Rabido Health or Rabido Energy Products. It needs billing clerks, customer care specialists, recruiters, branch manager for the Ithaca market, CDL Class A and B drivers, service technicians, and in in their stores, they're also looking for managers in training, part-time store clerks for all shifts and all locations. The 6th Judicial District is going to be there. We've never had them at our job fairs before, but they are in need of court officer trainees, LAN administrators, senior court analyst, and a chief clerk. Uh, United Health Services will be there. And again, they've got a full list of, uh, of opportunities in, in a wide variety of, of business categories from, uh, access care representatives to licensed practical nurses, patient transport aides, uh, special task aides, sterile processing technicians. Uh, it's a, a whole paragraph of opportunities at UHS. And then Willow Run Foods is always looking again for CDLA drivers for both Binghamton and Scranton, uh, CDLA driver trainees, uh, a, a line haul driver, yard jockeys, driver helpers, dispatch and night warehouse people, remedial driver trainees, and truck fueler washers and warehouse maintenance people. In addition to that, Town Square Media will be uh, on hand. You know, we're always looking for outside advertising salespeople uh, and a digital sales lead as the whole digital side of our uh, sales effort just continues to grow and grow. Sky's the limit. The sky kind of is the limit yep. in that space, that's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the future, my friend. That's what they tell me. That's what I've been told. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard not not just internally, but also out on the street. I've heard from I multiple heard sources that, yeah. that, that digital, my friend. So by all means, if you uh, are looking to change careers here at the beginning of the new year, uh, if you're uh, interested in any of these opportunities, we'll be at the Farmer's Market Building tomorrow from 11 until 2. Uh, bring a resume and uh, have a opportunity to speak with a variety of different uh, different businesses and just for people who are not familiar exactly with the location it's very close to SUNY Broome it's yeah on it's the across, it's on the Applebee's yeah. side of uh, Front Street uh, yeah. and you you pull in and it's the building that's sort of around back near really, the other restaurant the cracker 
Carol. It, it's sort it's of over close, on yeah, yeah, that side of things. Sort of between Applebee's and the Cracker Barrel or the, in that vicinity, if you it, know where Applebee's it's really or the Cracker cool. If you think of where the Cornell Cooperative Extension that's exactly building right. is, that's the, the building that's right next door. And so you kind of park behind. Uh, it, truly, if you pull in and just go 50 feet down that driveway, there's a big building back behind there. And uh, you come in uh, the door on the right-hand side, and that'll bring you right into the job fair. I take it you will be there tomorrow? I will be there. And that's from 11 to 2. From 11 until 2, yep. So uh, if you currently have a job and you want to come out. Bring uh, your resume. Bring your resume. Uh, but, you know, come out during your lunch hour uh, if you're looking to change careers or if you find yourself uh, out of work and looking for opportunities. Well, there are lots of opportunities. People are looking for uh, people to work. Excellent. You do so well. <laughs> I could have just left the studio and, and said, Eric, why don't you take it till 10? I'm going to go get us coffee. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? These job fairs really are kind of a neat part of what yeah. we do because not only do we get to run the commercials uh, for these businesses, but to provide this hands-on opportunity for people. Uh, and, and, you know, let's say if you're a healthcare worker, to be able to go into one room and talk with people from Good Shepherd Communities and the Guthrie Clinic and UHS all at the same time, uh, it really is a great opportunity. So, And from everything I'm hearing, not just in terms of health care, but so many of the other sectors, people who are running businesses really need good, reliable workers right now. Yeah. So if you, even if you're just entering the job market and you can make it clear that you want to jump on board that you're willing to learn and you're excited about an opportunity or if you've got a track record uh, working around here or even elsewhere say you're returning to the Binghamton area I'm sure there will be opportunities that uh Will will probably jump out at many people. Absolutely. Well, and uh, you know, let's if you know somebody that's a college uh, senior, say, and uh, they might be local or they might be out of town, but you know that they're going to be coming back. By all means, it's a great opportunity, a great time to come and uh, get information on job opportunities for those people. The Town Square Media Job Fair tomorrow from 11 a.m. To 2 p.m. at the Broome County Regional Farmers Market on Front Street. Not far from the roundabout. There you go. Ooh. <laughs> Eric Donaldson, always a pleasure. Bob, thanks so much. 9.50, you're listening to Binghamton Now. See, it's a football game. Collaborate and listen. All right. <coughs> nice, nice baby. All right. Where are we? Oh, it's 9.52, 8 before the hour. Dave and Vestal, good morning. Good morning there, Bob. Hey, um, how many millions of NFL fans out there woke up so disappointed that the Chiefs won, Bob? They, they have to look at Taylor at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, uh, I I was just thinking of pretty much the same thing. 
I didn't watch. That's one of the reasons I just can't watch. I mean, I had to put up with it uh, with the Bills game because how else could you watch the Bills game? Because they were playing Kansas City, so I endured it. But I, 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 all I did, I didn't, I didn't gripe about it. I just gritted my teeth and said, I know what's going to happen. And mercifully, I think CBS showed extreme discretion. Although what was worse was that kid, who was the kid who was topless in the... Oh, well, that's... Uh, he's, was it uh, his brother? He, yeah, he's a center for the Philadelphia Eagles. He just announced his uh, retire. That's uh, Jason. Uh, well, why didn't they give that kid a shirt? I mean, uh, that should not have been on TV. Uh, it was, again, <laughs> look, look, if, if somebody else had pulled that in the same box, people would be outraged and the FCC would be investigating. You know, where's the justice? Where's the peace? So, um, yeah, anyway, obviously the NFL has lost complete uh, control of its operation. They've sold their soul over to the networks and they let the networks do whatever they will to wreck what once was America's game. And you know the NFL was pulling for the Chiefs. You know they wanted. Oh, I know. Oh, you know. Oh, I I know that the commissioner Roger Goodell. That's why, and you can't. You could never say, and you, and this is true. You could never say that it was rigged. But gosh, if it could have been rigged, you know they would have rigged it so the Chiefs would have won. Again, I would never suggest it was rigged just to get them into the uh, the big spectacle. We can't even call the game for what it is because it could be a, a legal thing, a trademark infringement. So all we can do is call it the game. And everybody knows, wink, wink, nudge, 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 what the game is. But if we did anything that, that could potentially cross the NFL corporation, you know, and we don't want to because they are, they are, of course, what is good about America. That's right. And there's no way it was rigged, Bob, because I no. watched the game and no, and, and, and Pat Mahomes is that good. He and is. their defense and that defense held Baltimore down. I mean, they, they really put a lid on their quarterback who runs all over the field. They did a good job. So it wasn't rigged. It wasn't, oh, yeah. uh, they oh, were no. assisted by the NFL. I'm just no, saying if no we know, well, I shouldn't say we know because that implies I really do know. We suspect that Roger Goodell was happy that Kansas City won. We suspect. Certainly. Oh, yeah. yeah certainly. And it's, I'm not saying it's all about the money. No, that's not what the NFL is about. It's, it's about the commercials. Well, Bob, could you, is everything lined up for the Super Bowl as far as performances? You think they'd sneak her in on stage? Maybe? Well, they could. They could if, if CBS wants it. Let me put it this way. If the president of CBS calls up Roger Goodell and says, you know, I know all the performers are set for halftime show and the national anthem, but you know what we were thinking? Could we have like a mini concert between the third and fourth quarters with you-know-who? And my guess is, (laughs) even though it would be rather awkward, Goodell would make it happen. Oh, sure. Sure, we've never done a concert between the third and fourth quarters before, but you're CBS and you're you're paying our rights for the big game, so yeah, we'll do it. And who would complain except for the players and the fans? Anyway, yeah, you could put her you could put her on halftime, Bob, and that way we wouldn't have to look at her during the game. No, halftime is already 
booked, I think, up with people. I think up with people make their triumphant return. Because a lot of people have been asking, NFL, what did you ever do with the up with people? That's when America was truly great. 9.57, more to come with Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Today, cloudy skies, high near 34. Tonight, cloudy with a low around 24. Tuesday will be mostly cloudy and a high near 37. The investigation continues into the death of a man whose body was discovered inside a burning home in Binghamton. Firefighters discovered the body as they worked to extinguish a blaze in the house at 2 Pleasant Street on the city's north side on January 15th. The man's body was found in a first-floor bedroom near the front of the house. Police fire investigators have not revealed a likely cause of the fire. Detective Captain Maury Miner told WNBF News Friday afternoon that there was no indication of any criminal activity in connection with the fire. Police are awaiting the results of further testing to make a positive identification of the man who died. Property records indicate the owners of the fire-damaged house live in Florida. The place had been boarded up before the blaze, and no one was authorized to be inside. Mayor Jerry Cram said the city faces challenges dealing with properties following fires. He said typically, if a house is deemed to be 50% or more damaged, it must be demolished. Speaking on WNBF's radio's Binghamton Now program... Graham said there offers uh, there often is no insurance policy on fire damaged buildings that would cover the cost of tearing them down. On January 27th, according to the Broome County Sheriff's Office, at approximately 6 a.m., a tractor trailer hauling lumber tipped over on the I-81 southbound on ramp at exit six in the town of Shenango. No injuries were reported at the time. The ramp was closed for several hours while cleanup crews cleared the roadway. On January 28th, around 1.39 p.m., New York State Police and Horseheads responded to a capsized kayaker on Sealy Creek Road, Sealy Creek in the town of Southport. A 44-year-old male was kayaking with two other individuals when his kayak capsized. The male was eventually removed from the water and transported by ambulance to the Arnott Ogden Medical Center in Elmira, where he was pronounced deceased. The two other individuals were able to make it to shore safely. Equipment and furnishings have been removed from an old Binghamton A&W restaurant that is being converted into a marijuana retail store at 439 Court Street on the east side. New York State Cannabis Control officials decided the site would be appropriate for the new weed shop. Although it's located in a district zone for a cannabis retail business, some people who live nearby oppose the project. Customers of the marijuana store will be able to use a drive through lane to obtain their purchases at a pickup window on the back of the building. Despite the objections of some city residents, the Binghamton Planning Commission last month approved a special use permit to clear the way for the shop. Workers recently removed items that remained in the closed restaurant building. 
construction work at the site will start soon. Most of the project will involve remodeling to the interior of the former restaurant, although there will be a few exterior modifications. It's expected that the work will be completed within three months. The U.S. Justice Department has reached a settlement with the state of New York to resolve a sexual harassment investigation of former Governor Andrew Cuomo. The agreement reached Friday confirms allegations from the misconduct probe that led to the Democrats' resignation and details changes made after Cuomo left office. It also includes more steps the state will take. Cuomo left office in 2021 after a report by Attorney General Letitia James concluded he sexually harassed at least 11 women. The Justice Department said Cuomo subjected at least 13 state employees to a sexually hostile work environment. Cuomo has denied wrongdoing. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro's administration says he plans next month to propose an overhaul of a state higher education system that's among the worst in the nation in affordability. The administration didn't release many specifics on Friday and says the Democratic governor will give more details in his February 6th budget address. The administration says Shapiro will propose significant aid for state-owned universities, community colleges, and their students. It says the schools should be united under a governance system that improves coordination and limits competition and duplication. After that, Shapiro wants to cut tuition and fees to no more than $1,000 a semester for lower-income Pennsylvania students at state-owned universities. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph with you on a Monday morning. Listening to Binghamton Now on News Radio WNBF. All too beautiful. You just have to deal with it. <laughs> 607-772-1290 is our Binghamton Now number. And everybody is authorized to call once today. So when you call, collect your thought. And let me know about your thought it could be a local thought. Maybe it's a political thought. Or maybe you're just concerned about the weather. Share your thought. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, it's John from Binghamton. Yes, and what is your thought today? You want to talk about Steve Marriott and Humble Pie and the faces and all that stuff? Or should I go on and do uh, some uh, 
minor uh, assassination on local officials. <laughs> Let's start the week off musically. <laughs> it's going to be a long week. There will be, as they say, opportunities for additional thoughts as the week goes on. Musically, well, musically, is there any local tie to, to anything we've we've heard so far this morning? You you can usually find some sort of Binghamton area tie to almost anything we play. Well, yeah, I can. Uh, there was a group from uh, Ithaca that covered a uh, uh, tune. Uh, Tin Soldier, not one Tin Soldier, but Tin Soldier. And that was uh, uh, a uh, Steve Marriott uh, song. Uh, his version had uh, Mary Clayton, who did the uh, background vocals for Gimme Shelter. And uh, uh, there was a manager in Ithaca uh, who had a theory uh, from the 50s on. He would uh, insist that his band's try to immediately cover uh, songs that were popular so that they could get on the charts. And uh, he did it a lot with Bobby Comstock uh, simultaneously and then then claimed that, well, you want the, the group that did Tennessee Waltz? I've got it for you. you know, but, uh, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a clever, that's a clever well, way to, was, to uh, approach it. I... I I wondered because there were a lot of ins instances, I think, primarily in the 60s, I think maybe in the late 50s too, but a lot in the 60s and early 70s where indeed there were sometimes two competing versions, sometimes even more than two, and occasionally, uh, not often, but occasionally, both versions, two versions of a, of a tune that was released as a single would, would make the Billboard chart. Yeah, what would happen is a, a publisher would give somebody a song and uh, promises, say, well, if you'll do the song, we'll hold it for you. But uh, somebody else would, would get wind of it and, and, and put their version out. Yeah, it's, ha it's happened a lot. It uh, happened with uh, Dancing Shoes. You remember that Nigel Olson, that, a band from Indiana uh, that went under the title Faith. Uh, Carl Story, uh, wrote the song. He was the singer in that band and, uh, they got to about a hundred or 90 with their version and, uh, Nigel Olson recorded it and, uh, I think it went top 20, but what was interesting on that one, uh, when Elton John was, uh, appearing in Indiana at the RCA center or whatever it was back then, uh, Nigel did call Carl Story and say, Hey, why don't you come down and see us tonight? <laughs> and Carl Story was a bitter man and didn't even show up to take a bow at the Elton John show. Oh, yeah, here's so one. Here's one that happened in the, the mid-70s. I was just thinking of a few others where, uh, say, the, the initial version didn't become a big hit, although it received some airplay. And then a few months later, another version shot up to the top of the charts. And that was Billy, Don't Be a Hero, because the initial release was by uh, Paper Lace, and then later in 1974, Bo Donaldson, the Haywoods, released it, and the, the original, which I think was first released in the UK by uh, Paper Lace, only got up to 96 on the Billboard chart, and then later in 74, 
with Bo Donaldson, the Haywoods, that, that hit uh, the top of the chart. So it's just uh, you don't you don't see that happening much anymore. I guess I do hear some people like, uh, oh, I was just over at the Hawk, and there is a guy who has redone a, a song that was from the I think seventies, Fast Car. Fast yeah. Car, Tracy Chapman wrote the song, and she um, had, a, I think, a fairly significant hit, maybe around 19, maybe it was 1980 or whatever. I, maybe it was actually in the early 80s. And now this uh, country version, which sounds very similar to Tracy Chapman's, now that's a, a big hit. Actually, I think both uh, the new artist, whoever the country artist is who, who redid the song, and also Tracy Chapman just recently received some accolades at some award show I didn't watch. Well, that was one of the first tunes that had a, a singer sing in triplets, so that was pretty pretty cool. Uh, just getting back to this uh, Steve Marriott tune, uh, Tin Soldier, uh, so Brian's Idols out of Cortland recorded it. It was on RCA Records. Other than the Big E, nobody played it. It was produced by the guy that produced uh, actually a southern quite a upper crust southern guy Andy Wiswell whose claim to fame was producing the hair soundtrack and when he uh, he uh, did that record it was astounding how bad it came out he he, he put them in the carnivorous uh, carnivorous the cavernous uh, studios uh, RCA studios in New York and, and couldn't get a sound to save his life so it was a horrible horrible record and uh, it didn't go anywhere. But uh, uh, one one last thing about, uh, you know, innovators in the music business, and I, I think I might have mentioned this before, but D. Anthony was the manager of Humble Pie and Peter Frampton. He was also, 20 years prior, Jerry Vale's manager and Tony Bennett's manager. He was, he grew his hair long. Uh, with the hair long, he looked absolutely frightening. I mean, this guy looked like he'd take you in a back alley and stab you. More frightening uh, than Gary Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> I had yeah. to go there. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, he was he was a pretty frightening guy. But but, anyway, uh, and he, by the way, for those who don't know, Gary Wilson, the pride of Endicott. The pride of Endicott. He, he handled his own career his way, did it his way, and uh, uh, got reasonably successful. At least he's, he's a known entity. But uh, uh, D. Anthony... You know, you you uh, there, the music business w was a problematic business, and there are people that can see a way uh, forward. And D. Anthony uh, essentially said it was a waste of time to take these groups uh, into the studio because they would run up a big bill, and you would have nothing at the end of it but a big studio bill, no hits, no nothing. So he more or less pioneered the live album, which of course. You know, if you got a 16-track audio recording uh, truck, it would cost you a couple of thousand dollars to record a few concerts. And uh, the Humble Pie a live album uh, was tremendously successful. And then he repeated it with Peter Frampton. And he's the guy that said, well, to Steve Marriott, we're going with Peter now. Uh, you're, you're on the back burner. And then Peter, or then uh, Steve Marriott, who was a soccer player, tough guy, son of a steel worker went to the Ravenite Social Club to talk about it with uh, 
uh, the people that ran the Ravenite Social Club? And uh, <laughs> the answer was, we're going with Peter. <laughs> yeah, as they say in the town of Union, that conversation didn't end well. The um, By the way, I love making gratuitous references to Woody's records. Do you recall... Do you recall that Woody's Records actually had a shop right here in downtown Binghamton for a short time? I do. I do. And I, I, at the time, it was interesting because at the time there, <clears throat> there were no, and this is, uh, you know, uh, there were no retail. The problem with Binghamton and business, you couldn't find a store, you know, <laughs> there was no stores available. So that did, that, that location did pop it, pop up and, and Woody, uh, <clears throat> did uh, go in there. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Weeks and Dickinson, I think, was still selling records. <clears throat> and they'd actually, they had listening booths. They would actually let you uh, open up, the, they had open records, and if you wanted to buy it, you could hear it. They had three turntables and headphones there. So, uh, yeah, he, he wasn't there for a long time. But the interesting thing about Woody's Record Shop, and this is before the Beatles, uh, they would rent you the top 40, for a record hop for five dollars so really yes i never heard i mean that's that's a clever that's a clever uh merchandising or a, a concept a service that makes sense i had not heard of that yeah so if you wanted to have a high school hop you'd go to woody's lay the five dollars on him he'd give you 40 records and you better bring him back <laughs> oh my gosh by the way i the only way I knew that there was a Woody's record shop in downtown Binghamton was looking through some of the old newspaper archives and, and coming across a, a newspaper ad. What I, and most people would be surprised, well, first, most are surprised that there was a Woody's in downtown Binghamton for a short time, but it was located right next to Hamlin's Drugstore. Yep. Also better known as the CVS store that closed a few years ago and over at 34 Court Street. Woody's yep. was at 40 Court Street. So that's when, dare I say, that's when downtown Binghamton was alive with the sound of music. Well, the interesting thing, Woody's had a, an extensive uh, 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 inventory of records that didn't sell. One turned out to be uh, probably one of the premier priced uh, records of all time. He had a copy. He had EPs in there, which were big in England, uh, but they didn't sell. This was uh, two sides on a 45 and two sides on the back of the 45. But he actually had the uh, picture sleeve of Street Fighting Man with the Rolling Stones. And that, that, that I guess, goes for thousands of dollars. Today. Oh, my gosh. And now I miss Woody's. I miss every time I drive by the place on Washington Avenue, I think 127 Washington what? Avenue, not far from the post office where Woody's was located. I just shake my head and sometimes I I feel v on the verge of a tear coming well, down my, my left cheek. You see, this is the problem. Kids had something to do back then. If you if were looking at killing a, a Saturday afternoon, you could go look through records. You could go look at mod clothes. Uh, you could go to a pawn shop or a, a music store and take the electric guitars off the rack and strum them until they went out of tune. So so there was things that you could do back then if you were a kid uh, that would kill a, an afternoon or a day, go for a hamburger. Uh, and uh, A club but, burger. Yeah, that's but that those days are gone, and it's sad because... 
the socialization process has been hurt immensely, particularly between boyfriend and girlfriend. And we all know this is the key uh, to uh, the continuation of society as we know it. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for the memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned later in the week as the topics obviously may be adjusted. We're here for you. What's on your mind? You can share a thought or maybe a couple of thoughts if you give us a call at 607-772-1290. Binghamton now on News Radio WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Hi, folks. trusted friend We've known each other since we were nine or ten Together we've climbed hills and trees Learned of love and ABC Skinned our hearts and skinned our knees Goodbye my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Now that Best of the 70s. <laughs> Carol from Johnson City. Good morning. You're on WNBF. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for answering my call. Uh, I just want, I was ready to get out of my car. I'm over at the uh, Johnson City Visions, otherwise known as the Pavilion Office. And uh, what stopped me was John came on, and so I could not leave my car because I have to hang on every word he says, and I hope he's still listening because I want him to feel complimented because I'm doing it with seriousness. I love to listen to all the things that he has to say. Anyway, about the duplication, back in the back in 50, I'm not sure, when Elvis Presley, uh, when he was on the Dorsey Brothers, so that was about 1956. So I'm not sure when he came out with blue suede shoes shortly after. You know, I don't have the Internet. Uh Carl Perkins and Elvis Presley both did blue suede shoes. And as a crazy about rock and roll teenager, I, I drove myself nuts listening, like, do I like this one better? Do I like that one better? And uh, I never did buy the Carl Perkins one, but I uh, did have the Elvis Presley one. But uh, I, I think that was about 57, 58. I'm not sure how long he had been famous before he recorded that. That was one of his early songs, though. Are you looking it up by any chance? Mm, no, I was going to, and I thought, nah, I don't want to bore people well, with all all the information. Well, that's I just well, I you wouldn't be you'd be uh, doing me a small favor because I'm just really curious as to uh, when it was because I still what, remember. Seeing what year it do you think car. it was? Fifty-seven, fifty-eight. It depends on. Uh, Maybe it was even 56, because the first time I ever saw it, the first time, people 56. think he was on the Ed Sullivan show. <clears throat> According okay. to the Internet, 56. 
Okay, people think Ed Sullivan's show was the first show he was ever on. Well, it wasn't. It was the uh, Dorsey brothers who would fill in for Jackie Gleason on the Honeymooners. Uh, every now and then they would have a variety show when Jackie Gleason uh, needed some time off. And I was so disappointed because I ran home, er- I got home early so that I could uh, watch the Honeymooners. And lo and behold, it's the Dorsey brothers. And then when Elvis Presley came on, I'm telling you, it was like a bolt of lightning. He's saying Heartbreak Hotel, which was, uh, no, I was the one. I was the one he sang first. That was the flip side of the of the hit Heartbreak Hotel. By the way, let's, let's clarify. When I said 56, that's the Elvis version. Uh, Carl Perkins, according to the Internet, recorded his it, version on December 19th, 1955, and it was released the following month. So uh, Carl Perkins started it off. Did it first. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and he wrote very it. Good, and then, very good, very Then Elvi. Oh, he did. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, he wrote it, and then Elvi came out with it. Um, so this is interesting in terms of how close together they were recorded. Uh, Carl Perkins, according to the Internet, recorded his version of Blue Suede Shoes on December 19th, 1955, and Elvis recorded it about six weeks later. And his oh, well, that's, his that's, his was not released though till September of fifty six, and his was shorter. Oh. The interesting thing to me, as a former disc jockey, the Elvis version came in at under two minutes. And I got to tell you, as a disc jockey, uh, <laughs> songs under two minutes were not not things I enjoy. It's great for listeners, great for radio stations. You got to run down the hall fast. Back. Yeah, you have to be really fast. You have to plan. <laughs> you have to plan your activities uh, to the second. So Elvis had a one minute fifty eight second song, and the uh, version by Carl Perkins was not much longer, but sixteen seconds longer. So, well, I also have a comment to make about all the hit uh, songs and things, famous people uh, on radio that nobody knew what they looked like. They they became number one hits. Purely based on their talent, not because they're exposing their body, going into gyrations, having like a 20 team dance dancers in the background, uh, you know, for whatever reason, you know, build up your popularity, I guess. But but that was that was like the good old days. I mean, nobody knew what Buddy Holly or uh, oh, I can't think. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. He uh, he died. He's. I do. I can't think of it. I had it. I had it in my head when I was when I started to call you, and now I can't. Uh, can't remember. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. Imagine. Imagine how successful uh, Ms. Swift would be if nobody knew what she looked like. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Bill Haley and the Comets. Their, their music was great. Yeah. And, and they're And I always say this whenever I hear. Uh, any place a saxophone, I always say rock and roll would have been nothing without a saxophone in the 50s. Yeah, bring back the saxophone. I want to hear more sax and uh, less cowbell in my songs. Thank you. That's Carol in Johnson City. Andy and Vestal, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Hey, I just um, I, I just wanted to um, uh, share with you, I don't know if you heard on Friday um, uh, Friday night's news. I was watching WIBT. There was a lead story on um, Maria Sexton uh, saving um, the day of possible a collision. 
on Vessel Parkway. I don't know if you saw it or not. No, but I'm familiar with the story. I'm I'm intimately familiar with the story. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, so what well, are your thoughts? I mean, I, I know not everyone is greeting what she did with enthusiasm, but she, well, I mean, the bottom, the bottom line is, I'll, and I'll read from Jim Emke's story for people who may not have seen it. This is, uh, from the story that News Channel 34 aired on, of course, now that I'm punching it up, hold on. And we ought to buy a good computer. Hold on. Um, that's just parenthetical. That's, that's off the record. Um, yeah, that's, that's neither here nor there. But wouldn't it be nice if when I pushed a button? It was, I believe it was Friday. Oh, I'm looking at the story. It's just, you know, yeah. if, if we had one of those, or maybe it's not the computer. Maybe we ought to buy the high speed internet. Hold on. Cause I'm desperately. Oh, I see what I'm doing. I'm, Hold on. It's my fault. Operator error has nothing to do with the computer. Has nothing to do with the computer or with the Internet. Has everything to do with the guy who doesn't know how to operate a website. Hold on. Because I read the story. I just wanted to give people the... Hold on. I know how to do it. Where's my sledgehammer? Hold on. Sometimes you have to do a workaround. Yeah. Yeah, because... So here's... Because I thought, I thought Jim Emke's story was excellent. Um, so this is from BinghamtonHomePage.com. The headline is, Vestal Supervisor Maria Sexton conducts traffic stop on wrong-way driver. Says uh, she's being praised by some as a hero for intervening to aid a wrong-way driver while others accuse her of illegally impersonating a police officer. Says she was who driving... Are the others? Who it's are the a... others besides Stephen, besides Stephen Donnelly? I don't know. I'm just... I'm just. Don't interrupt yeah. me. I'm trying to read Jim's story. Yeah. I mean, he crafted every yeah. word here with precision. Uh, now I'm going to... I'm not going to read verbatim, but it says, while she was on the parkway Wednesday on her way to work, she told News Channel 34 she saw a vehicle turn out of a driveway and start going the wrong way, which is never good. So Sexton, who, by the way, had spent quite a few years with NYPD, that's a well-known law enforcement organization downstate, she said her law enforcement instincts jumped into action and she went to the next intersection and used her town-issued vehicle to block traffic. And so ultimately, um, everything was okay. There was no collision. The person who was driving the vehicle realized her mistake, stopped and turned around. So it looks like it's, looks like, uh, yeah, for the most part, Seems like tragedy was averted. Well, just think of it this way: up up the people in August of 2022 who did the uh, who uh, right the, the person was pulling up on Plaza from Plaza Drive making a left. A man and his wife were killed. I I know I right. know the crash and but sadly, she was, but she wasn't a supervisor back then. No, no, but that was a it was a terrible crash. Yes, it was, and so, I mean. So I, I think I don't know what what's bad about what she did. I don't think there's anything well, bad about what she did. Probably saved lives. The uh, yeah. the crash well, in August 2022. A husband and wife from Johnson City were killed because of a wrong way driver, sure. and apparently sure. uh, there were no 
town supervisors or town board members or Vestal Police who saw the guy who was driving the wrong way near the Fox 40 TV station. And then uh, the vehicles collided. And uh, I know it was it was terrible. And and one of the people who died, he was a regular listener. He was a regular listener of this program. He called on occasion to the program. So, uh, yeah, we miss him. And so let me see. That crash involved uh, Chevrolet Equinox was traveling eastbound in the westbound lanes when it slammed into a Nissan sedan that was traveling westbound. Right. So the husband and wife from Johnson City were killed. And the guy who was driving the car, a Binghamton man, he had non-life-threatening injuries. I don't know. Did we ever find out what happened to him? I don't know. Yeah. I, I assume he's... Well, obviously, that, that seems to be the case a lot in what I've seen a lot of times um, where... Uh, but I'm not... And I have no idea what the condition of the driver was. I think it was probably, obviously, driver error um, on that. I, I have no idea. But anyway, I all I'm trying to point out is I don't know why anyone would think she did something horrible um, for doing right. what she did. Well, so there was no tragedy. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't, if, if I saw someone going the wrong way, by the way, I did see just very close to where that... Uh, uh, the deadly crash happened on the parkway. I did see a woman about to go the wrong way from Vestal Road. You know where Vestal Road ends, the east yeah. end of Vestal Road. And you're not supposed to. There are signs there that say wrong way oh, yeah, and do not enter. And I was yeah. there doing a story, actually secretly, who's taking pictures of Fox 40 across the highway. And I saw that. Well, that wasn't the main reason I was there. But since I was there, I thought case there are any future Fox 40 stories, I would also take a, a take a look. I think it was also actually more in conjunction with the construction of the, of the Greenway. But I saw this woman driving down, and she's going the wrong way. Now, I wasn't in a car, so I'm there right. standing there. I'm like, what can I do? Because she was about ready to enter the parkway heading eastbound in the westbound lane. And I thought, well, what if I'm here... A lowly reporter, I don't have a radio to contact Vestal Police. Right. And what if she, like, collided? And what, you know, I, I felt helpless. And fortunately, at the last moment, right before she entered the parkway going the wrong way, she apparently came to her senses and decided, oh, this isn't the way I wanted to go. And she stopped and turned around. But I thought I was going to see uh, carnage. Or at I'm least a crash. Was, um, there's a few houses. There's a couple houses off of that ramp. Uh, but she wasn't going there. She wasn't. Oh, no, no, down. she wasn't. No, she. Oh, okay. So no, I thought that at first too, and then I thought, but she kept going and going, and I'm like, oh no, oh, you yeah. know, you know how you see something that looks like it's it's going to be trouble, and it's unfolding in front of your eyes, and you can't do anything about it. You know that feeling. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I thought that I was going to see it. And I'm, I'm like, well, first I took a couple pictures, but I didn't, I mean, even if I called, there are two things I could have done. It was called 911, which would go to the communications center. And that, 
That's still, it takes, by the time you explain... Uh, usually, by the time, it, it, it's a done deal. Yeah, by by the time I explained what the situation was, and they they uh, dispatched a car, even assuming a Vestal police car was nearby, she would have crashed into someone. Right. And I, Or, the other thing is, I could have called the front desk at Vestal, which I sometimes have been known to do. I could have done that. That would have been quicker probably than going through the 911 center but it's, they still wouldn't have been able to scramble a car in time to save lives so you know it would have been it would have been tragic so i'm glad i'm glad that nobody was injured in a head-on crash last week i right yeah and and, and i know here's what i know about life and I've it's just not get, a dress rehearsal. No, 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 and it's not. You're not ta- talking about a hypothetical. Now, say if if this was part of a, a classroom scenario, you know, in town supervisor school or whatever, or town official school, and hypothetically the instructor would present this case and say, "So what should you do?" And then probably people would say, "Well, you should immediately call the front desk of the police station and let them know what you're seeing." And then, by like I say, by the time they could scramble a car or two down to the scene where the person was driving the wrong way, in the end they'd they'd be like, "Well, we need a, we need two we need two trucks here because we've got at least two people entrapped, and we're going to have to shut down the parkway for a few hours for a crash investigation." Right. So, but it, what what I was about to say though is, no matter what you do, Andy, people mm-hmm. are going to second guess you. Well, I commend her, you know, I commend her. And I think a lot of people, uh, anyone um, who would actually have any, it was just common sense. She did the right thing. You know, she. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe she'll, maybe she'll get, you know, how the, I don't know. I think Vestal police do this. Most police agencies every year have like an award ceremony to commend people for doing heroic things maybe she'll get special recognition because i know in binghamton sometimes when they honor the police officers at the annual ceremony sometimes they also honor um uh, civilians non-law enforcement people if they did something to prevent a tragedy so who knows she might get uh recognition later this year from the police department well that would be very. That would be very nice if they do something like that. All right. But anyway, that was that was one of the, the points I was trying to make. Number two, the other point I um, I was trying to um, I was listening to when you had Mayor Cram, Cram on uh, the other day. Um, no one. I, I was listening. No one. Did you ever talk about litter in the street <laughs> in the city of Binghamton? Well, what what are we supposed to talk about? Well, I'm thinking it should be an ongoing situation. I think there should be. I, I'd love to see a bunch of volunteers, and me included, um, uh, to, um, to to get people out. To, you know, to people like myself who are pot or retired, who did to come out and clean up. You know, set the example. You know, um, to, you know, take you know, take pride in the area. You know, it's just it's we it just looks very all right. Shabby. Well, I, I'll tell you what if. If the mayor volunteers on Saturday to clean up downtown Binghamton, I'll join him. I'm serious. And I'll join him too. Yeah. And and yeah. you know what? In a in a spirit of bipartisan cooperation, I think the mayor ought to invite members of city council, the new city council, 
to get together at noon on Saturday. And we all. So the city council members, the mayor, the deputy mayor. I mean, the Broome, I think the Broome County Board of Realtors would, would be great. The Broome County Board of, of Realtors and Bob Joseph. I, I I will volunteer if if the mayor and city council members get together at noon on Saturday downtown. I'll volunteer up to three hours of my time to help pick up litter. Okay. All right. That's, and you and you make the announcement. I'll I'll, I'll join you. Yep. I will. If it's going to happen, we'll make an announcement on Friday's program. You got it. And one other thing, I dropped you off another river reporter. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Sir. Good good seeing uh, a new, newspaper. Filled with brimming, brimming over with news. So thank you, sir. It's 1045. More calls coming up live and local. Think them to know. WNBF. Bob Joseph live in living color on your radio, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Streaming at WNBF.com. Ten forty eight as we salute the town of Vestal, one of America's great towns. Dave, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, you know, uh, John got me going there. My favorite topic, music there. I was listening. And, uh, you know, in the, in the bumper song you played before this one, it, that was uh, uh, Terry Jack, Seasons in the Sun. And that's right in the era that, where you were talking about uh, Bo Donaldson and the Haywood, Billy, Don't Be a Hero. That's that's right around the same time, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, he was talking about Woody's. You guys were talking about Woody's. And, Bob, it, and you know, I, I used to spend my my uh, newspaper route money walking from Manuel down there. And you, you mentioned stopping and getting a burger on the app. I used to stop at Elk's Bake Shop. Remember that on, on the app? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, they yeah. used to have the, the greatest brownies and those yeah. uh, half-moon cookies. Yeah, it was good stuff, real good stuff. But, you know, he also mentioned a band from Cortland, Brian's Idols. They used to play at the W.J. Teener, and that reminds me. they had We had a local band, Beggar's Opera, that cut a 45 that I bought at Woody's, and the song was called called Shady Rosie. And Man, that was I a go, good song. That was a good it? song, yeah. But the only thing I remember, not the only thing, it was a short song. It was another one of those songs that was short. It, it came yeah. in at, oh, it was definitely under three minutes. It was between, I say between 2.30 and 3, yeah, in my it opinion. Was, it was short. Yeah, but I still have it. It's mint. I, I mean, I got a lot of stuff. But anyways, um, uh, real quick, real quick uh, trivia question for you. And Ron, John brought up uh, Humble Pie. Oh, I loved back then. And, uh, you know, when Peter Frampton left that group, Bob, who did they go out and try to recruit to take his place? Lead guitar player. You, you probably won't know. Let me give you a quick hint. Um, they tried to take him away from the James gang. Oh, I have no idea. Well, yeah, you do. Well, he's now in, I'm drawing he's a now blank. in the Eagles. He's now in the Eagles. I'm drawing a blank. For a long time. Well. 
His name is Joseph Walsh. All right. <laughs> I was going to blurt it out, and I thought, well, my face would be red if, um, or at least Shady Rosie, my face would be if I got it wrong. By the way, Shady Rosie, according to WENE Radio, was the number 31 song in 1971. Tear Toppers. It's back when the newspaper printed the very best songs in the area. They had the weekly top songs from the Big E, and then at the end of the year, they printed the top 100 songs. And number 31, yes, Beggar's Opera, or as some people called them, Beggars. <laughs> Shady Rosie. Mm-mm-mm. It's 10:51. The memories keep flowing on the Big N. WNBF. See, that's when there were bad old days. <laughs> of course, that song turned out to be uh, a total fabrication, too. Talk about fake news. That was uh, a fake story put together in a song by uh, a band from the U.K. that knew nothing and nothing. Whoever wrote the song knew nothing about nothing, apparently. But, hey, they made some money, so that's what it's about. By the way, I stand corrected an earlier reference to Shady Rosie by Beggar's Opera, a big hit back in 1971. I erroneously said the song was short, that it was between two and a half minutes and three minutes long. The actual running time was two minutes, 20 seconds, with a four-second intro. But it was well-produced. Extremely well produced. I always like that song. And I was always happy to hear it on the big E. Back in the day, before <laughs> before corporate playlists. You didn't have to run that song in front of a focus group to know it was a good song. It was appropriate for the early 70s. Back in the day. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Cloudy today, snow showers likely for another hour or so. High 33, snow accumulation during the day, less than a half inch. Cloudy tonight, low 24, mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 37. And cloudy Wednesday, high 39. Temperatures, um, not bad for much of the week. In the 40s on Thursday, uh, upper 30s on Friday. Things start to get a little chilly again on Saturday and Sunday, but still not bad. Not bad for this time of year. The upper 20s. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 32. That's 32. WNBF. Bob Joseph with you live on Binghamton Now on a Monday morning. WNBF Binghamton. 
More calls coming up. So don't touch that dial. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Today, cloudy skies, high near 34. Tonight, cloudy with a low around 24. Tuesday will be mostly cloudy and a high near 37. The investigation continues into the death of a man whose body was discovered inside a burning home in Binghamton. Firefighters discovered the body as they worked to extinguish a blaze in the house at 2 Pleasant Street on the city's north side on January 15th. The man's body was found in a first-floor bedroom near the front of the house. Police fire investigators have not revealed a likely cause of the fire. Detective Captain Maury Miner told WNBF News Friday afternoon that there was no indication of any criminal activity in connection with the fire. Police are awaiting the results of further testing to make a positive identification of the man who died. Property records indicate the owners of the fire-damaged house live in Florida. The place had been boarded up before the blaze, and no one was authorized to be inside. Mayor Jared Cram said the city faces challenges dealing with properties following fires. He said typically, if a house is deemed to be 50% or more damaged, it must be demolished. Speaking on WNBF's radio's Binghamton Now program, Graham said there offers uh, there often is no insurance policy on fire-damaged buildings that would cover the cost of tearing them down. On January 27th, according to the Broome County Sheriff's Office, at approximately 6 a.m., a tractor-trailer hauling lumber tipped over on the I-81 southbound on-ramp at exit 6 in the town of Shenango. No injuries were reported at the time. The ramp was closed for several hours while cleanup crews cleared the roadway. On January 28th, around 1.39 p.m., New York State Police and Horseheads responded to a capsized kayaker on Sealy Creek Road, Sealy Creek in the town of Southport. A 44-year-old male was kayaking with two other individuals when his kayak capsized. The male was eventually removed from the water and transported by ambulance to the Arnott Ogden Medical Center in Elmira, where he was pronounced deceased. The two other individuals were able to make it to shore safely. Equipment and furnishings have been removed from an old Binghamton A&W restaurant that is being converted into a marijuana retail store at 439 Court Street on the east side. New York State Cannabis Control officials decided the site would be appropriate for the new weed shop. Although it's located in a district zone for a cannabis retail business, some people who live nearby opposed the project. Customers of the marijuana store will be able to use a drive through lane to obtain their purchases at a pickup window on the back of the building. Despite the objections of some city residents, the Binghamton Planning Commission last month approved a special use permit to clear the way for the shop. Workers recently removed items that remained in the closed restaurant building. Construction work at the site will start soon. Most of the project will involve remodeling to the interior of the former restaurant, although there will be a few exterior modifications. It's expected that the work will be completed within three months. 
The U.S. Justice Department has reached a settlement with the state of New York to resolve a sexual harassment investigation of former Governor Andrew Cuomo. The agreement reached Friday confirms allegations from the misconduct probe that led to the Democrats' resignation and details changes made after Cuomo left office. It also includes more steps the state will take. Cuomo left office in 2021 after a report by Attorney General Letitia James concluded he sexually harassed at least 11 women. The Justice Department said Cuomo subjected at least 13 state employees to a sexually hostile work environment. Cuomo has denied wrongdoing. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro's administration says he plans next month to propose an overhaul of a state higher education system that's among the worst in the nation in affordability. The administration didn't release many specifics on Friday and says the Democratic governor will give more details in his February 6th budget address. The administration says Shapiro will propose significant aid for state-owned universities, community colleges, and their students. It says the schools should be united under a governance system that improves coordination and limits competition and duplication. After that, Shapiro wants to cut tuition and fees to no more than $1,000 a semester for lower-income Pennsylvania students at state-owned universities. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. I'm Joseph with you. You're listening to the Monday edition of Binghamton Now on WNBM. Yes, indeed. 607-772-1290. Ah, the wacky weeds. The wacky weeds. More and more stories about cannabis. And I guess that's probably going to be the growing business here in New York State for the next year or two. Uh, there's a guy, well, actually a firm is making a claim that white male owners are facing racial and gender discrimination in New York State. So that's uh, according to a story in the Albany Times Union. An Onondaga County company filed a lawsuit in federal court claiming its operators have been discriminated against for being white males. So it's always something. Let's take a call, shall we? Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm Beverly Number Two from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to talk to you about. Do you remember when stereo came to be, and when you couldn't buy a record to play on your stereo machine? It had to be a special record. 
Years ago, probably late 50s, early 60s, my boyfriend, husband-to-be, brought me a Victrola. You could only play stereo on it. So you had to get a special record just for stereo. And the first record I had is Edie Gourmet in Love. And then a record came with the stereo machine, Demonstrations. Stereophonic total sound. Remember such stuff? No, I don't. I don't because I think I think by the time I started buying records, stereo was sort of sort of had uh, sort of taken over for a few years. So I don't remember when uh, anything any transition like that. Although I know a lot of the uh, radio stations. Like the FM stations made a big deal because they were in stereo. Like, as KOPFM, man, stereo 99 or whatever. But I don't recall when I was getting my records um, that you had to get a specific type. I think by then, for example, the first turntable I had would play mono or stereo records, and they either kind sounded okay. In fact, the uh, machine had to have a special needle. You couldn't buy one of those needles that you did on your old Victrola. You had to buy a special needle to play on your stereo machine. Hmm. Well, I'm not surprised that there was a time where that was was a thing. Let me let me just check something. I'm trying to take a look. Hmm. Looking I at think different. I went to Fowler, Dick, and Walker. Well, it's funny. Funny you should mention that because I'm looking at an ad in the newspaper from 1954 for Fowler's latest popular Capitol records on 45 and 78 RPM, and it says you can hear them today in Fowler's Record Center, air conditioned for your comfort. So, but doesn't mention so what year do you think that uh you you got your first stereo record oh it was probably in the late 50s early 60s all right well i haven't i haven't spotted specifically what you mentioned but um hmm. the first record i had was edie gourmet and one of the songs on there is in other words it's just beautiful i still love this the soul stereophonic record that I got with my first stereo and I couldn't even play it at Fowler Dick and Walker because they did not have the equipment to play a stereo record yeah really but see these records could be played on any machine now right back then you had to play you had to have special records for a stereo machine Hmm. I let's see I'm looking at some News, newspaper ads. Here's one, Stereo by RCA Victor. Yep, that's yep. what mine is, yep. Stereo by RCA Victor. The Mark 7, handsome consulate with three speakers, new living stereo pickup, um, stereo orthophonic hi-fi Victrola, play stereo records and all others. And they were selling that at the Fowler's Record Hi-Fi shop on the third floor. It was uh, about $150. Yep. 
Yep, that was what I had. Yep, and that was 1958. So that was... Well, that sounds about right. Yep. I still have that machine. I don't know if it, it works or not, but it's still here in the house, and um, it, it has this one speaker, and I don't know if it works or not. It might still work. I don't know, but anyway, and I still have all those records that I bought when I first got the machine. Yeah. Nice. Well, good Well, just good times. an interesting thing I thought I'd bring up today as long as you were talking about music. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Beverly. Okay. Well, you have a good day. You too. It's 11.15. I was just in the town of Dickinson this morning. I know I mentioned that earlier, but we, well, town of Shenango, town of Dickinson, joined the roundabouts. I have to say, tip of the hat to everyone responsible for the new roundabouts there in the town of Dickinson. There have been two major roadway improvements in Broome County over the last 50 years. One was the roundabout in downtown Binghamton at the intersection, at the Court Street intersection with Shenango and Exchange. So that was a breakthrough and highly acclaimed even though it became a political issue, mysteriously. Um, and then most recently, the two roundabouts in the town of Dickinson. If only we had a computer that could calculate how much time and money have been saved by those three roundabouts. Think about it. Every time you go through those roundabouts, you're saving yourself time, lots of time usually, and also uh, money because you're using less gasoline. Because you don't have to sit at a traffic signal and waste your precious time. So, again, to the all the people responsible, the designers, the engineers, the contractors, even the federal government that paid for a lot of the funding. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What America needs more of is roundabouts. You know, if, if Broome County wants to show that it's serious about the future, they ought to build more roundabouts. The more, the merrier. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's DJ from Binghamton. Happy Monday. Yeah, yeah. It's another week. I know. Nice conversation you guys are having. Uh, that is a good name that you just said for a local Binghamton band, The Roundabouts. Because I also love The Roundabout because it saved me so much time, seven minutes at the red light there and the gas. So that's true. I don't remember Woody's. You said next to Hamlin's CVS. Is that Main Street in Binghamton? Because the other guy mentioned... Uh, Court Street. It was at 40 Court Street. Yeah. The drugstore... Well, was 34 Court Street, so that had been Hamlin's for many years, and then uh, more recently it was CVS, and it closed about two years ago. So right next door, as you head to the east, right next door to what was Hamlin's at the time, the drugstore, that's where Woody's had a little record shop. Well, why did the other caller say Washington Avenue? I went down to Woody's, I'd spent all my money, he said. Was that Dave from Vestal? Yeah, well, that was the one most people knew about. That That's the one where I, oh, okay. I would go. So whenever I got enough money from my paper route, 
I would go to Woody's on Washington Avenue. Okay, there's two of them. Because that was the one that was around the longest. The one on Court Street, I think, was around maybe for only a couple of years, just a short time, and then then they just reverted. So there was a time when they had stores in Endicott and in Binghamton. But the, I, I'm guessing the one in Binghamton just didn't make sense. Maybe it was just too... Too much trouble or just too expensive to run run the second store? Well, I rode my little banana seat bike over to Philadelphia Sales. They had the best records, I thought. They had everything. Oh, my goodness. Records and knives and guns and jewelry. Oh, and popcorn. Cut-off sleeve shirts. Yeah, I don't remember if I got the popcorn. Yeah. And uh, socks. They the, the socks they had, they weren't regular socks. They were slightly <laughs> irregular. Yeah, right. And the, and my brother got Converse, and I got the Bobo sneakers, the cheap 388s, and my brother mowed lawns and, and shoveled snow, so he got the Converse. They had those, too. Good to hear Carol's voice again. I haven't heard her in a long time. And go Chiefs. Trailer Swift is quarterback in that team all the way to the the championship. And, and I hate to say one caller, no, nah, Ravens, no, nah, you, you can't beat the Chiefs. She's uh, probably going to win the Vince Lombardi trophies. <laughs> Somebody said that she uh, she wouldn't be popular if, her, if, the, if you couldn't see her body like they cut off Elvis's hips. Yes, she would because her face is so pretty. She's an average strummer, acoustic guitar strummer, and she's you know her voice is average, but her face is what sells her, not her body. I've never seen her body moving on TV. But anyway, well, somebody somebody in the music business told me, and I, I won't use a direct quote, but um, I'll paraphrase. He said, well, Bob, you know, she's doing the best she can. <laughs> and I, I had well, to agree. I, I think she's doing the best she can under the circumstances. She's She's been dealt uh, a difficult a difficult life, and I think she's managed to prevail despite all the adversity. Bad. Difficult life? She made it a 15. How does she have a difficult life? I oh. never heard of that. Well, I thought it was difficult. Well, maybe not. Oh, you don't want to violate her HIPAA? I don't. I, I don't know that much about her. I just assume that she's had a difficult life and has managed no. to prevail. Oh, HBO Max has a special on her. I didn't watch it, but all I know is she started strumming a guitar at fifteen and just got the right agent, and she made it at fifteen. I wouldn't call did she uh, did she ever work for the Walt Disney Company? Because that's how a lot of the singers become successful. They go to work for a Walt Disney Company, and then Walt Disney Company has a bunch of magic makers, and they they become. Oh no, that was Britney Spears. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, there's another tragic story. I mean, look at what she's been through. Well, you know, Bob, you got to call him the right name, brother. That'll make your life better. Call on the right name. Have a blessed Monday, Bob. God bless you, man. Thank you for the call. It's 1122 here at WNBF and WNBF.com. Um, 92.1 FM, of course, 1290 AM, certainly. But more and more kids are enjoying the ease and convenience of listening to WNBF on the go with the free app. So make sure you have the... WNBF app on your phone. And that way, you can stay connected with your favorite radio station.
including our Binghamton Now program, every weekday morning from 9 to noon at WNBF. WNBF, with the official winter weather forecast from the National Winter Service. Cloudy today, a chance of a few more snow showers, high 33. Cloudy tonight, low 22. Mostly cloudy tomorrow, high 37. And mostly cloudy Wednesday, high 39. Right now, it's 32 in downtown Binghamton. That's zero Celsius at WNBF. 607-772-1290 is the Binghamton Now number. As I mentioned a moment ago, the state's cannabis management office is facing a setback as it tries to roll out retail weed outlets. The story is from the Albany Times Union. A company called Valencia Ag, based in Jamestown, applied for a cannabis retail license, but alleges regulators are violating the Equal Protection Clause by discriminating against them based on race and gender. The company is owned by, quote, males of light pigmentation who might best be described as Caucasian or white men, according to the lawsuit. This story is by Molly Burke. TimesUnion.com. So are they discriminating? Is New York State discriminating against white men in awarding weed licenses? The law specifies the licensing process should award 50% of adult-use cannabis licenses to social or economic equity applicants, including prioritizing people from communities disproportionately impacted by the enforcement of cannabis prohibition. Minority-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, distressed farmers, and service-disabled veterans. The plaintiffs said they were ranked really low out of about 2,200 applicants in the list that was published by the state this month, the lawsuit said the list had been called from 6,800 applicants who had space ready to operate their weed store and were ready as soon as they received a license. This company, Valencia Ag, signed a lease for $2,000 a month, according to the lawsuit, in order to be considered for a cannabis license. The state's list of applicants determined an order of reviewing applications with more than 1,800 who qualified as social and economic equity candidates listed as higher priority than this company. And they're saying the reason they weren't listed higher is because they're white men. And they say that's a violation of federal civil rights law. So we'll see about that. Is it unconstitutional the way New York State is going about awarding Licenses for pot shops. I mean, pot shops. Pot shops. It's 11.30, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? 
Hey, Bob. Good morning. This is Mark Binghamton. Hi. Hi. Um, well, a couple of things, a couple of bases I want to cover here, but um, about that marijuana and the, the licenses, you know, that was originally for minorities originally that were uh, had um, been affected adversely because of uh, uh, the, 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 the bus um, and affected their lives, just like you know the casinos were going to go to the Native Americans and stuff like that. But um, it, good luck to those guys. I mean, because it's, this is just such a mess. This the rollout was so slow and got so far behind, and then they they were really slow in going after those sticker shops for just they were out there for such a long time, and they're trying to uh, you know they're closing a lot of them up now, but you know they they got out of the gate way too long. But anyway, I don't see how those guys are going to because there is i was reading about that there's a there's a long list of people waiting for licenses and the state is so backed up so i i don't know if those guys will prevail but um but um surely made me think of something too with that about when the stereo first came out i remember my parents got one and they would call the stereo first ping pong percussion because it went back and forth kind of like ping pong you know and I remember actually getting our parents bought a record. It was, it was nothing but a railroad going down the tracks, and you could hear it going back and forth and stuff. But um, anyway, enough of that nonsense. But uh, was it about, fun? Um, was it supposed to be fun to well, listen yeah. to, or did it make you sick? Yeah, yeah well, about a seven, eight year old kid, you sit in the living room right here, and then it, it would go from you know, it'd go across the room, and then go back. You know, and you know, it, it, it threw out. It got nauseating. You know, oh, okay. I, I, as soon as you, you know. said that, I, I uh, did a search. Here's a newspaper ad from 1961. They were selling, I think, at Sears um, records, and they were a dollar forty-four. First time ever at this low price. Ping pong percussion of the sound of Gershwin. Ping pong percussion of honky tonk percussion, ping pong percussion of Roger and Hammerstein. Oh my! I mean, just listening to the the titles here makes me sick. Ping pong percussion of the sound of Leroy Anderson by Stradivarius Strings. I mean, obviously there was a novelty at that time, ping pong percussion. But oh, glad I didn't have to be subjected. I mean, did it ever make you sick? Well, yeah, like I said, it got nauseating as a kid. I was going to say, just just reading about it. Um, here's here's a story from 1960. Epic has put something called ping pong percussion on a regular uh, single. Oh my gosh, ping pong percussion has a full spectrum of frequencies. It features various personalities, and it says earplugs are not necessary. I think, I'm sorry, but I think it was just, I think ping pong percussion came out before the word stereo. I think they didn't, you know, they were at wit's end and didn't know how what to name the the technology. And so I think they called it ping pong percussion. Then it maybe evolved into stereo. I don't I don't remember, but I do remember the, the ping pong percussion. But, um, yeah, because, you know, because stereo, it did, it did go back and forth. Right. But, um, yeah. Well, yeah but. I I know there were some in the '60s. There were some popular artists 
who were taking full advantage actually going, I think, overboard by accentuating the stereo effects. You know, you'd have something going on in the left channel and then something going on in the right channel. And it just, at one point, based on some of the songs, even some of the things that you play these days, and you listen to it in stereo headphones and you say, what exactly were they thinking? But I guess at that point, it probably helped sell, I guess it helped to sell records uh, back in the day. Yeah, and, you know, if you listen, like, Inigata De Vida went back and forth around, a whole lot of love, um, you know, Led Zeppelin and back right. and forth and stuff. I wanted to comment on what Carol said, though, about um, the original rock and roll instrument was the saxophone. You know, um, and uh, if you remember the song Tequila and how that would rock out and stuff. And um, I remember John might he might have been at this concert. I remember being it was in the East Gym with um, a band called Climax Blues Band. And they I still have that ticket. And they played with uh, Livingston Taylor, who was John uh, James Taylor's brother. But the guy on the sax, he had a wah-wah pedal on the sax. And man, you could put a... a wild song a wild sound on that and then chris wood of traffic really perfected that of um the the wah-wah pedal with that but with the with the saxophone or any wood instrument you're making the sound you know it, it's coming from you your 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 energy your 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 wind versus you know uh, banging a drum or hitting a guitar or something and uh, I really got into the saxophone I picked up one at Weeson Dickinson in in 75 trying to teach me I really um, admire people that that play the woodwinds and everything oh yeah no I've always been fascinated by by good saxophonists Um, I mean whether whether they're playing in uh, solo or as part of a band, and and whether it's rock or jazz or whatever, um, or even something that's very subdued. Just hearing hearing what people can do, a good a good saxophonist is just amazing. Yes, um, yeah. Of course, there were so many, you know, Stan Getz and all of them, or anything else. But um, I really liked. Um, I'm of that age when jazz and rock and uh, roll fused together. They're going to call it the fusion. But um, I remember going to, to Saratoga a lot, and I took my friends up there to see um, Grover Washington Jr., um, who uh, who also played a great rendition. It's still the history of the Star Spangled Banner at the NBA All-Star Game. And if anybody else is interested in that, just listen to that. But anyway, he, he was like the Hendrix on George on uh, saxophone. I mean, he he closed the show out. It was a very hot summer night. And anyways, it, it, how he passed away was Mo Taylor, the one that told me about it. I missed this. That he died after a show of playing and playing and like he heart attack and he 
basically literally played his heart out. I mean, you know, um, unlike, um, you know, I know I did see, not to be belittle him, though, but a lot of controversy about Kenny G, if he's sick, if it, uh, David Sanborn, other people say, no, no, he's not jazz or nothing, but he perfected that circular breathing big time. Other people had really done that, but he would just hold a note and stuff. But he but he was, uh, I saw him on Bill Maher, uh, Club Random, and he came off really good, but he was playing a studio musician when he was in in high school with some uh, Motown people and stuff. And but um, you know, to each their own. You can't dictate taste or whatever. But you know, yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to comment on that and about what Carol said that she doesn't have a computer, but she does. It's her phone. You know, that's how I get my stuff from Google. You just you want to know something, Carol? Just Google it. You know, you'll you'll get that particular oh, yeah. song. You know what? Google is your friend. Yeah. Well, except for all the information they're collecting on you. They're, in that sense, they're not your friend because then they sell all the information they collect from your searches. And then, well, you know, it's yeah. your privacy well, is being invaded, but that's the price you pay. That's why the Google service is available for you free of charge. Yeah, well, they're they're called smartphones, and it was like I when I um, turned on the program today. John was talking, and he talked about Steve Marriott, and it was like um, you know they're called smartphones, so they know what I like. The early the sub early seventies, sure, sure. They, they know that. they know everything about you. Actually, your smartphone with Google and anything else that you probably have on your smartphone. They can figure out more about you as far as your musical taste, what you like in terms of food and anything else, thanks to the algorithms. They they know yeah. it all. So, yeah. you know, technology yeah. moves forward. Appreciate your call. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Well, Google's your friend. So don't you worry. Don't you worry about Google and your privacy. It's none of your business. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph, a voice of reason on a Monday morning here on WNBF. Looking at the cover of The Economist, available now at all 
newsstands. That's right. Is there a newsstand left anymore in America? The new edition of The Economist has a big, big cover story called How the Border Could Cost Biden the Election. It probably will. It probably will, because it's about the only issue, it seems, that he's vulnerable on. The economy is uh, moving forward. Uh, Wall Street, stock market, seems to be doing quite well. And... The only thing they have left uh, to go against Biden is the border and immigration. And we see that the Republicans are taking their orders from their leader, who's telling them, no, don't do a deal. Whatever you do, don't do a deal. If you're going to do a deal, you had better wait. You don't do a deal before November. That's what it's come down to. So the Republican leadership in Congress may want to do a deal. It certainly appears that they want to do a deal, but they have been directed not to. So the Senate is trying to get closer to reaching a bipartisan deal on immigration reform. But unfortunately, there's one big obstacle in the way. And because of that, there apparently will not be a deal because... That obstacle is concluded. That's the only chance for November. It's 11.45 WNBF. Let's go back to those busy, busy phones. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Tom from Endwell. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. So the biggest question is, is what is the deal? Nobody knows just like a lot of things that the Democrats put out. You, you don't know until you got to sign it, and then we can find out. So, therefore, yeah, I would not make a deal until I knew it was going to happen in that deal. As far as a lot of people are speaking out, they want to send – they want to have more amnesty. They, they want to – the Democrats want to allow more people in. They're not trying to shut the border down. And, you know, it's funny, I think last week or whatever, you and Matt Ryan were talking about it. Not once did you guys mention how Abbott is trying to do everything in his power to, to, to try to protect his border so his people that live in Texas can feel safe. Not once have you mentioned how the Biden administration is trying to shut him down from protecting that border in every aspect that they possibly can. They're, they're trying to sue Texas. They're trying to go after Texas criminally for what? Trying to protect the border. And as far as there's nothing else to run on against Biden, first of all, the economy's not doing good. They go by numbers. People are spending more money to get less. So they're looking at that money margin, okay? So, yeah, the economy's not doing good at all, especially for the people. They have to spend twice as much money and get less. The crime, the amount of crime that's going on in this country, you think it's okay? And now, the, the other thing that boggles my... Wait a second. Who said I think it's okay? I am a vocal opponent of crime. 
I cover the crime. Most of what the crime, serious crimes, even some of the uh, less than really serious crimes that you hear about around here, you know who covers it? Me. No. So if, if I thought crime was acceptable, do you think I would cover? If I thought crime in the Triple Cities was acceptable and something we should tolerate, I wouldn't bother covering any crime at all. Because calling attention to criminal activity shows that, in my view, that it's a, it's a community problem. That's why I cover crime, because people are interested in it and because it affects the quality of life in this community. So don't, don't come on this program and suggest that I support crime. The other thing that... Wait! Don't just say the other thing. If I say something that important after you imply that I'm okay with crime, and then I reply, and then you ignore it, I, that demands a response. I insist on a response when you suggest that I'm okay with crime. Bob, you want to talk about Binghamton specifically. I'm talking across the United States. I'm talking about our hometown. I'm talking about the parlor city, Broome County, Tioga County. That's where our listeners are. That's where the bulk of our listeners are living right now in the Binghamton area, Broome and Tioga counties. They're not living in Idaho and they're not living in Texas or Florida or Wyoming. They're living in New York and Pennsylvania. Well, you're, the voters are, aren't just in Broome County. I know. If you've listened to the program, you realize I have a certain basic level of understanding of the way things work in this country. Yeah, I know. Okay. So you implied that I'm okay with crime. And I came out and said, I'm not. I'm against crime, and when crime happens, even if it's not generally reported by the police, if I know about it, I'm probably going to do a story about it. Bob, you were talking about nothing to go against Biden. and This has nothing to do with Biden. It has everything to do with whether I am okay with crime, because you made an implication earlier in the call that somehow I'm okay with crime. I'm not. I'm against it. Bob, that's not what I said. What I said is you didn't mention crime. I mention crime almost every day, almost every newscast. There are stories about crime. I don't like to report them, but if I don't report them and crime happens around here, then people think it's everything's okay. The, the police, for a lot of crimes, don't put out a news release. If I find out about something that's important, I'll report it on the news. I'm not okay with crime. The last thing I do want to, I do want to. The crime here in Broome County has nothing to do with Joe Biden. No, nothing, nothing has to do with Joe Biden. No. The crime that's happened over the past month in Broome County, you point to one, one case where Joe Biden had anything to do with a serious crime in Broome County. Bob, the only reason why you want to bring it back to Broome County is because you can't defend the amount of crime that's happening across the United States. I don't defend the amount of crime anywhere. You're right. I don't defend the amount of crime in Chicago or Los Angeles or Rochester or Syracuse. I don't defend the amount of crime anywhere. Where did where did you come up with that impression? 
Bob, again, I said when you were mentioning there's nothing else that the Republicans can go on against Biden except for the border. You did not mention the crime. That's right, because it's true. Because the voters know that Joe Biden has nothing to do with the amount of crime in the United States. In most cases, crime is an extremely local issue. Crime is not going to go down even if somebody else is in the White House at this time next year. No, but policies in certain parties make it easier for criminals to get away from crime so they're not held accountable for the crimes that they commit. And those policies are basically done at the state level. So no matter who's in the White House a year from now, the policies in New York, Pennsylvania, and 48 other states aren't going to change. So the one last thing I do want... If I say something, respond to it. Don't say... Don't just drop it and act like something I said was unimportant. No, what's important is, is you're talking about voting. So here's the thing. Respond to my point. A year from now, whether Biden has been elected to a second term or somebody else is in the White House, criminal policies in 50 states are unlikely to change at all. If you will, if you will allow me to. Wait, respond to what I said. I'll, I want to hear your response to what I said. You won't let me say a word? Yes. If you respond to what I said, I'm asking you specifically to tell me if Joe Biden is president a year from now, or if he's not, how is that going to change criminal policies in the 50 states? The same way his policies changed the border. The same exact way. The same way. Trump had the border way more secure than it is now. The Democrats are putting in policies to go after Abbott to bring more illegals across. That has nothing to do with crime. Again, you're you're ducking the issue. I want to know. Eh, I tried. 11.54. You can only ask the question so many different ways before it becomes clear the caller doesn't want to address that issue. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Bob. It's Robin Fort Crane. All right. Good morning. Now we're getting Boy. somewhere. Listening to you bully these callers is something else, man. What's your question again, Bob? But Biden had nothing to do with crime? Yeah, explain to me how a year from now, if Biden's no longer president, how suddenly crime is going to uh, be addressed in the 50 states. How How is that going to help us? Well, if you take Donald Trump at his word, he said he's going to, first day, remember he said he's going to be a dictator on day one. He was joking, but he said he's going to close the border and have mass deportations of the people that came here illegally. So, good. I think that's going to do it, don't you? No. No, I don't think it's going to have much effect, especially... I'm I'm laser focused on the Binghamton area. I have little to no information to suggest that much crime is being committed by anybody who is in Broomer Tioga counties illegally. Who knows, Bob? Just give it time. Give it time. No, I'm I'm not giving it time. I'm saying up to this point, there's no evidence that people who are here in the Binghamton area illegally are responsible for most of the crime. Seems to me most of the crime that's being reported around here in terms of violent crime and even larceny 
are local residents, U.S. citizens. How would you know when the police don't even put out reports anymore? They put out enough reports. You're right. They don't put they don't put out as many reports as they used to. But I'm in consultation with enough people, including with rank-and-file cops, and none of them have told me so far they see any evidence of much criminal activity here in the Triple Cities as a result of people who are in our community illegally. Adams is shipping those all over the state. Give it time, Bob. Okay, we'll give it time. But I'm saying right now, as of this moment, January 29th, 2024, there's little indication that any of the serious crime that's happening right here has anything to do with people who have entered the U.S. illegally. You know, if if there's any justice in the world, when it does happen, I hope it happens right in good old downtown, right in your your, your neck of the woods. All right, well, have to terminate that call. That's a sad, sad case where someone wants something bad to happen in downtown Binghamton. I'm sorry you had to be subjected to it. That's not something we can condone. Somebody who is hoping something bad will happen here in downtown Binghamton. What a shame to end an otherwise great program on such a sour note. Don't worry, I'll be back tomorrow morning from downtown Binghamton. Bob Joseph live in living color on WNBF. Binghamton now. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media.